Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Visit the Vendor Process Training Center to enroll in your choice of 55 plus training sessions that will help you and your team avoid fraud, compliance fines, and bad vendor data. Or just sign up to get access to Vendor Process FAQs and to attend weekly drop-in live Q&A sessions. Visit training.deborahrrichardson.com today. The link will be in the show notes. So if any of you are buying a home or bought a home, then you already know you are a target two times over. So not only are fraudsters targeting accounts payable to steal or divert vendor uh, payments, but they are also targeting the real estate industry to steal payments from home buyers. Now, the real estate industry does have two tips that I found this weekend that I never talk about, and it might help us in AP. Uh, And then stick around to the end because I'll talk about a free webinar with an avalanche of fraud prevention tips in a short period of time that you do not want to miss. So keep listening. Welcome to episode 220, Two Tips to Prevent Business Email Compromise, or BEC, from the real estate industry. All right, so the first thing you're probably wondering is why on earth am I talking about the real estate industry? And how this really started is, is I have a few alerts set up from different resources and it's on business email compromise, that term, or at least one of the terms. And now it seems that I'm getting a lot of, um, Uh, articles or posts about business email compromise in real estate schemes. They're starting to use that term in uh, real estate and it really boils down to a fraudster sent uh, the home buyer a request uh, pretending to be from the title company and asking them to send uh, the funds to a new bank account. And so if they're not careful, they will send those funds to a fraudulent account and really just never get those back. And so you hear about that all the time, but they're now starting to pop up in my alerts because the real estate industry is starting to call that business email compromise, or maybe they did before and my service just never alerts, uh, resources just never picked up on it. But anyway, I'm getting more. And I got one about a Florida man who loses $15,000 to business email compromise in a real estate scheme. And so I will put a link to that in case you're uh, curious about it. But he sent the uh, 
the funds to a bank account that's in an email. And if you read into it, the email was actually a Hotmail account. So I don't know what the rest of the email looked like. Maybe if he's dealing with ABC Title Company, maybe the email was ABC Title Company at Hotmail.com. I mean, I don't know. But uh, if you want to read on that, they're all kind of the same. Somehow they uh, received the bank change, thought it was from the title company. And so they, uh, they sent the funds to the fraudulent bank account, just like what happens in accounts payable. Although the fraudsters, because they know we've been there, done that, are a little more sophisticated. They do not send it from a Hotmail account. They're actually in most cases, in your vendor's account or maybe even your internal employee's account. So there's kind of a bit of a difference there, at least with this example. But unfortunately, they are still, the frosters, I mean, being very successful with both the accounts payable and that real estate industry and getting funds to uh, be transferred to these fraudulent accounts. So with that, um, another part of the story or second part of the story is somehow I got to the mortgage closing scams, how to protect yourself and your closing funds. And this is an article from the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau or CFPB. I'll put a link to that as well. And what I really liked about it is it said to not send any banking information via email. And I thought that is such good tips. They have some other good tips in here too, but I thought those are that is such a good tip. And so I shared it on LinkedIn and uh, I was going to, I was writing a, you know, just a quick intro of why I was sharing it because back in 2021, when I was selling my house, the title company person, I don't remember her title, but she emailed me and asked me for my banking information. And so I said in, or I was typing as my intro uh, that I'm glad, something to the fact that I'm glad they know better now uh, because back in you know 2021, this happened and so they know better now and they won't do it. But then I looked at the date of the article and the date of the article was June of 2019. So they have the same problem that we do. They still have very manual processes receiving banking information via email. And of course, the frosters know that and they know that they are dealing with large sums of money, just like NAP. And so they are pouncing on it. So again, I'll put a link to this article in uh, the show notes, but I will talk about or just briefly go over what they identify as tips to avoid um, a, a scam. And so the first one is to identify two trusted individuals to confirm the closing process and payment instructions. Okay, so that's great. Um, and then write down their names and contact information. So again, I think that's really good because if you get a request, uh, then you can always contact them and verify it. The next one is before wiring money, Always confirm instructions with your trusted representatives. Okay, I just said that. And then avoid using uh, phone numbers or links in an email. 
We know that's true too in accounts payable. And then do not email financial information. This is where I was going with the LinkedIn uh, post. And then last one, be mindful of phone conversations. And that's because uh, it's hard to tell who's on the other end. And so if you've listened to me for a while, uh, maybe come to some of my webinars, done some of the trainings that I offer, uh, you know that always talk about authentication and verifying by asking two to three identifying questions that you're actually talking to who they say they are. So making sure that you're talking with your vendor and not a froster or, and that could be for your internal employee too, if they are contacting you outside of a company uh, device or platform. All right. So that's all good. It sounds like everything that we talk about as fraud prevention in accounts payable, but there are two more that are on an infographic from the American Land Title Association. And I don't know how I got to them, but somehow I clicked through. Uh, maybe it was on the site that had the article on it. So this is from the American Land Title Association. And the title of the infographic is Protect Your Money When Buying a Home from Wire Fraud Schemes. Now, they have three different sections of this infographic. And the first section is uh, says to be vigilant. The second section is to protect your money. And then the third section is what to do if you're targeted. So in the first section, be vigilant. They say don't uh, call, don't email right? So confirm the wiring instructions. Okay. So the last one said that, and then also be suspicious. And they flat out said, right, it is uncommon for uh, title companies to change their wiring instructions, which I didn't really know that, but I don't deal with them that often. So it's good that they're saying that. Now, the next one in protect your money This is the section that has the two fraud prevention tips that are kind of common sense, but I never have, I've never said them. And so the first one is under confirm everything. And the advice is to ask your bank to confirm the name on the account before sending a wire. So I don't know if your bank or your vendor's bank. I don't know in this scenario where that goes because every time I talk about validating bank account information to make sure it actually belongs to your vendor, I talk about bank account ownership and I talk about several different resources to do that. Many of you already know about early warning and their reseller GAIAC where you can verify your vendor's legal name matches the bank account holder name and that it matches the bank account number that they gave you. And I think in some cases uh, they are able to check against a tax ID that was used to open the bank account that it matches with your vendor's tax ID. But um, sometimes those things change. So you need to make sure that you verify what they can uh, validate. Now, there are other resellers of the early warning kind of database or system. And keep in mind, when I talk about them, I'm only talking about 
U.S. banks or U.S. financial institutions. And then when we when I talk about international and U.S., I always talk about a company called NS Knox, who has uh, who can do kind of the same thing. They just do it a little differently. They will trigger a micro uh, deposit. And I do have some webinars with them. If you go to my YouTube channel, uh, you can see a couple uh, webinars where they are demoing their uh, product. But in any event, I going back to the recommendation from this infographic, I don't know if you can ask your bank to confirm the name of the account before sending a wire. So I remember back in 2018, when I first started this podcast and created blog posts and webinars, I used to have an example as to how to validate banking information to work with your bank to see if you can send them a file of your vendor info and have them validate it for you. And I got that from uh, something that I read from an another from another accounts payable practitioner who said that they used to do that. Now this could have been years ago before all of the technology and resources that we have today. I don't know, but I used to put that in there. I don't, or I used to talk about that when I talked about different ways to validate bank account information. I no longer say that because I've never had anyone confirm that they were able to do that or that the banks did it. And for those of you that are not familiar um, with my background, again, I talk a lot about the uh, vendor side uh, and I rarely talk about the fact that I did uh, was a senior manager over payments for a Fortune 15 company. And so we had 125 pay cycles um, per week. And so it was fairly large. And at the same time, I had vendors as well. And so if there was an option to send any of those, uh, to send that vendor information or maybe the payments over, I don't know, to verify that uh, bank account information, I would have done that, but we weren't looking at that because I don't think it was available. But the problem is, is that I can't remember. So if anyone, and I can't find anyone to confirm it. So I'm asking now, if any of you listeners out there have given your banks a file of vendor information, including the banking details to confirm please let me know. And I'd love to hear from you and maybe even come on the show, but don't let that scare you if you don't want to come on the podcast. Just let me know, uh, confirm it. And then I'll start talking about that again, because we all need a lot of options. Not everyone can get the bank account ownership tools approved, which is kind of bad in itself, um, at least not until a fraud happens. But anyway, That's the first one fraud prevention tip from the real estate industry that I think can help us. So try that. And then the second one is within four to eight hours, call the title company or the real estate agent to confirm they received your money. Now, I I say that, but just not the same way. So I talk about it with ACHs, and typically when you send that uh, when your company or you run that payment file, and it goes to your bank that day, it gets to your vendor's bank the next day, and then the day after that, your vendor's bank uh, will 
um, put it in their account. And so you can contact your vendor within one or two days and verify that they receive the money. And I say to do that as a control, especially uh, if you have payments that are like way over what you normally pay. And so we see a lot of these business email compromise schemes that are in the millions of dollars, although they're much um, smaller than that now. I think the average in 2021 was 120,000. But in any event, um, you might have a construction project or something. And so Maybe you have million dollar payments where you normally don't have that high, have them that high. So my recommendation is always to put that step in there to call the vendor to verify they receive the funds within one or two days, which will give you, depending on your bank, enough time to recover the funds if you did, uh, if the vendor did not receive them, meaning you paid uh, a fraudulent account. So that's one thing I say to do, but I always say to do it one or two days. This is saying with a wire. So I know you all out there have maybe one-off wires. Maybe you have some recurring wires. So if you have wires that are, um, maybe you can have a threshold over a certain amount, you can always contact the vendor within four to eight hours to verify that they receive the funds. And both with the wires and the ACH, the point of contacting the vendor that soon is so that you still have time to recover the funds if the payment didn't reach them and it really did go to a froster in a business email compromise scheme or scam. So those are the two things that I uh, think we can take away from the real estate industry is to uh, check with your bank uh, to confirm the name on the account before you send the payment. So see if that can be done and then also verify wires within four to eight hours after you sent it to verify that they received it. All right. Now, I don't want to sleep on the last section, what to do if you're targeted. Uh, And this is actually the same thing that we do in accounts payable, the same people that we call. So they have one, two, three, four things to do. The first one is to call the bank and ask them to issue a recall. Okay, so that's great. The next one is to report the crime. And where do you report it to? The FBI, IC3.gov. So if any of you guys have seen any of my stuff, This is where I say to go and then uh, call your regional FBI office and the police. Okay, so that's great. I don't necessarily say that, but they're saying to contact regional FBI and police. And I don't know if that's a real estate thing, but you can try it. And then the next one is uh, detecting or the last one. The fourth one is detecting that you sent money to the wrong account within 24 hours is the best chance of recovering your money. Okay. So it really wasn't a tip. It was just restating that detecting is the best way um, to determine whether you sent money to a fraudulent account. And it's also the best way to get it back. All right. So I hope you learned something from the real estate industry Uh, here in Accounts Payable. We'll take advice wherever we can get it from. So I will link everything that I 
referred to in this episode in the show notes, uh, especially if you're buying a house or you know someone that's in that process right now, this is great advice or great resources you can give to them. All right. So speaking of great resources, this month on January 3rd or January 18th from 1 to 1.30 p.m. Eastern time, I have a webinar coming up and it is a format that I've done before and I actually really like it and it's only 30 minutes total. So to get you in and out with a bunch of tips and it's called 20 tips in 20 minutes, how vendor teams can avoid business email compromise in 2023. And again, I've done this 20 tips in 20 minutes before. I think I did it twice last year and it went over very well. And so this whole year, every month, I will have a 20 tips in 20 minutes. And January's is about avoiding business email compromise. So I will leave a link to that webinar in the show notes. So make sure if you're interested in that to go ahead and sign up. If you are not able to make it or have a conflict for that time, sign up anyway, and you will receive a link to the recording and the handouts within one day. So it comes uh, the very next day. So sign up anyway, if you have a conflict and then you'll get the on-demand recording. And you might just want to, even if you are able to attend, you might want to watch the recording anyway, because 20 tips in 20 minutes goes very fast. All right. So before I sign off, I do want to mention that I earlier, I was rattling off some third-party providers that you can use for bank account ownership validation. I was going pretty fast, um, but typically in the show notes, I have a link to my vendor validation resource list and make sure you check that because all of the providers I talked about are on that list plus more. And then I also have, I don't know, 26, 27 different resources to validate your vendor information. And so you can check that list to see what validations you should be doing that maybe you're not doing. Make sure that you download it. And if you've previously downloaded it, but haven't downloaded it since 2023, then you might want to go and do it again. I always update it when I learn of new validation resources. And I always learn of new validation resources several times during the year, but especially at the beginning of the next year, because I've done all the research to update my three-step uh, vendor setup and maintenance process, uh, that e-guide, and I update that every year. So if you're interested in that, the 2023 version is out, but it also means that I've updated the free vendor validation uh, reference list with resource links. That's the technical name. So go on over to um, my site. Again, I always have the link in the show notes and you can get your copy for free. And if you want the e-guide, you can click on that. It's not free, but it has lots of information. And I added 12 new internal controls in the vendor process. So make sure you get your copy. If you think you've got room or you think you have some gaps, I guess is a better way to say it in your vendor process.
All right. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 220th episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy.